Welcome to the Grace to Run Your Race conference hosted by Rhema Family Church. Our guest minister is Pastor Lawrence Lim. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, our eyes are on you today. Lord, come and meet every single need. Lord, we need you. We depend on you. And Lord Jesus, today we are here to receive freely, Lord. Lord, pour upon us. Open our eyes that we may see wondrous truths from your word. And Lord, we pray that you heal every person, strengthen those who are weak, lift up those who are downcast. Lord Jesus, touch us today. Just one touch and we will never be the same. Lord, we ask that your name alone, your person and your finished work to be magnified and glorified in our midst. All this we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. Amen. I don't know what is your opinion of God. I don't know who you think He is. But I want you to know today, I can say with absolute certainty, beyond the shadow of the shadow of a doubt, that God is good. God is not behind the disappointments in your life. God is not behind the loss, the injustice that you have experienced, no matter who they may be from. God is not behind the troubles that you go through, but God is a good God. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. In the Amplified, it says this, I have come that they may have life and enjoy life to the full. God wants you to enjoy life. Life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. Church is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. You don't struggle to go through church. You should enjoy church. You should enjoy your life. Amen. God wants to, you to live your life with a skip in your step, a sparkle in your eyes and a smile on your face. That's what the believer's life should be. It is a good life. Amen. We will go through challenges because we live in a fallen world. There will be trials. There will be temptations and afflictions. Right? But do not be afraid for Jesus has overcome the world. He is always with you. So Jesus contrasted himself with the thief. The thief came to steal, but Jesus came to give, to bless. Amen? The thief came to kill, but Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The thief came to destroy, but Jesus came to build you up. Amen? He wants to build your life, build your marriage, build your family, build your career. His heart is for your success. God wants you to succeed. The Bible says, praise the Lord for His good. Amen? And His mercies endure forever. His mercies, they are from everlasting to everlasting. It knows no limit and has no end. Amen? And God knows we all need mercy. Amen? Mercy is for those who have failed. And if you really know yourself, after all has been said and done, every single one of us, especially me, we have all failed in every sense of the word. 
but God's mercy endures forever. And He's still good towards you, my friend. God is for you, not against you. God is good towards you. And the Bible tells us one of the greatest revelations you need to know about God is this. God is love. He doesn't just have love for you, right? He is love. Everything about Him is love. He loves you today. Amen? He loves you with an everlasting love. He's a good God. Amen? That is why we can have confidence in our lives. Doesn't matter what you're going through, right? Because God is good, even though your circumstances may not be good, God will turn everything around for your good. Whatever disappointments you're going through, even failures and consequences of your own making, when you look to Jesus, He can turn your circumstances around for your good. That is the amazing grace of God. Amen? God's heart is for you to prosper. It says in 3 John 2, you know, the second service will always get a little bit more. <laughs> it says in 3 John 2, can we have it up uh, on screen? 3 John verse 2, it says, My beloved, I wish that you prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right? 3 John 2. It's up there. It says, I pray. So this is John praying, right? And he says, for Gaius, he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Right there in that statement is God's will for you. God wants you to prosper in all things, not just one thing, not just two things, not just some things, but all, all things, every area of your life, all things and be in health. God wants you to be healthy just as your soul prospers. So your soul needs to prosper too. Your soul speaks of your emotions, your mind. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. That's God's heart for you. Amen? That's God's will for you. God is a good God. But many of us, maybe we grow up having been exposed to certain teaching or maybe certain incidences in our lives have caused us to be disappointed with God. Or maybe we think that maybe God is good to him, that guy over there, but he's not good to me because I'm not good enough. Maybe God is good to that person, but somehow I have never experienced God's goodness in my life. I want you to know this today, my friend. Right? You will experience God's goodness. God is not a respecter of persons. Right? If He's good to Susan, He's good to you, my friend. If He's good to Pastor Tony, then He's good to you. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Amen? We need to believe in our hearts that God is good. Right? The Bible says God is the rewarder of those who believe in Him. So there is even a reward when you believe that He's good. Wow. Can you imagine that? So let's believe that God is good. But pastor, look at my life. My life is not good. I've gone through disappointments. I've suffered injustice. Unfair things have happened to me. I didn't grow up in a good family. Uh, my, my parents have, you know, neglected me or abused me. When we look at our life circumstances and situation, it may not be good, but can I just say this? God is not behind your troubles. God is not behind your problems. He's not. But when you look to Him, He can turn whatever evil that you have gone through, He can turn it around for your good. 
The best is yet to be. Amen? Your life story doesn't end there. Right? Turn to look to Jesus. He will turn everything around for you. You know, when the world says hope, you know, they'll say things like, oh, I hope I get that promotion. I hope I, you know, get to go out on a date with this beautiful girl. I hope this and I hope that. When they say hope and they use the word hope, they wish that it would happen to them, but they are not sure whether it will really happen to them. The hope is something that they wish would happen. But my friend, I want you to know this. When the Bible uses the word hope, LP is in the Greek, right? It is a confident expectation of good things to come. God wants you to live life with hope. Amen? And our hope does not disappoint because of the love of God which has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It is knowing that He loves us that we realize our hope is certain. We can have a confident expectation of good things to come. God wants you to live every day knowing that something good is going to happen to you. Even if it is not, then you know what? God will turn it around for your good. We cannot lose, my friend. Amen? That's why we can live life with a smile on our face. It's worth it. It's not because of us. It's because of Him. It's not because of how good we are. It's how good He is. And His goodness is not dependent on us. Amen? But pastor, you don't understand. Pastor, I'm a divorcee. And the Bible says God hates divorcees. Stop. Wait a minute, my friend. The Bible never says God hates divorcees. The Bible says God hates divorce. God loves divorcees. Why should you let that divorce hold you back from believing in the goodness of God? Do you think that God is punishing you because you've been divorced? God hates sin, but God loves a sinner. God hates divorce, but God loves divorcees. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world, and the world includes singles, married people, divorcees, widows, and whatnot. Everyone in the world, God doesn't just love, but God so loved. The word so tells us the intensity and the passion of His love for every single person in the world. Amen. God so loved you. Amen. God is love. God is for you. Today, I want to change your opinion of God. I want to challenge your opinion of God. But how can you tell me that God is good? How can you prove to me that God is good? How can God be a good God? What about, what about earthquakes? What about tsunamis? What about typhoons? You know, in our insurance policies, they'll put there, you know, uh, you are not insured when it is acts of God. And then they'll put there earthquakes, right? Typhoons, tsunamis, right? Can I tell this? The insurance companies got it wrong. Right, those are not acts of God, it's acts of the devil. The Bible says, the devil for a short time, he is still the ruler of the world for a short time. But power has been given to the church, so we have the authority. But as, he, as the ruler of the world for a short time, he has limited control and he's causing all these things to happen. That storm in your life is not from God. That accident is not from God. God is not behind your troubles, but God wants to bless you. Amen? God wants to take you out of your troubles and give you a life worth living. 
that you can wake up every day and look forward to every single day. It's not just a beautiful life, it's a life worth living. Amen? You actually look forward. A life that is free from stress and anxiety, right? Because your eyes are on Him, on His love for you. Amen? That's why the Bible says we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Amen? We are not more than conquerors because of how good we are, how strong we are. In and of ourselves, we are weak. But it's through Him, His love for us makes us great. There's a beautiful verse in, found in the book of Psalms that says, Your gentleness, O Lord, gentleness has made me great. It's His gentleness that makes us great. Amen? So I want you to know that God is good. But how can we prove that God is good? You know, we cannot look at human experiences and human situations to determine the goodness of God. Don't look at Christian A and say, hey, look, he goes to church, you know, but something bad happened to him. How can you say that God is good? What are you talking about? Right? But we cannot look at human situations to determine God. We must always go back to the authority of the Scriptures. The Bible is our number one authority. Even for me, when I preach to you today, please examine every word that I say, except for the jokes, okay? Those are not scriptural, my friend. And <laughs> examine everything that I say with the Word of God, right? And you tell me whether it is in line with the Scripture. Be a good Berean. Study the Scriptures to see if it is so. Examine everything that I say. Judge for yourselves. But I'm here to tell you, do not judge God by human experience and human situations. Judge God by the Word. Amen? And the Word of God says this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. It says, now Paul was writing to the church in Colossae, and he's telling them, for he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Is it up there? Yes, it is. He is the image of the invisible God. The first thing you need to know about God is that God is invisible to the naked human eye. Has anyone here seen God? No, okay, good. We have all not seen Him. He's invisible. We are not supposed to. But that doesn't mean He doesn't exist. He exists. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Amen? So God is invisible, but there's a revelation here. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So even though God is invisible, we can't see Him with our physical eyes, but Jesus is the image. The Greek word for image means Jesus is the exact representation and the exact revelation of God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus himself says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. You heard that before, right? So when you see Jesus, you see God. Jesus is God. He's not just a man, not just a prophet, not just a good teacher, not just a great man. Jesus is God. Our God is Jesus. Amen? Amen. <laughs> that's actually, that's the basic uh, theology, right? Jesus is God. Now, so when we see Jesus, we see God. 
We see God's will in action. So let's turn to see Jesus today. Let's see how He was when He walked on earth in the Gospels. And we will see who God is and what God is like. Turn with me right now to Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, we have the story of the man who is possessed by a legion of demons. It says in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, Then it came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been put apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So here we have a man who's demon-possessed, dwelling by himself, in the mountains, alone in the tombs. And the Bible says that people have tried to help him. They would bind him with chains and shackles. But because he's demon-possessed, he, he had a supernatural demonic strength that, that is beyond that of humans. He could break the chains and no one could bind him. And the next verse is really sad. It says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones because he didn't want to live such a life anymore. He cut himself with stones. He wanted to take his own life. And I believe across his body were lacerations and scars because he's cutting himself every single day. Who wants to live a life like that? It's miserable. Possessed by demons, cut off from society, living by yourself in the tombs. I wonder what he would eat, what he would drink. This is not a life worth living. And no one could help him. They tried to. They couldn't help him. And he couldn't help himself. There was no hope for this man. But Jesus came. Jesus came and with one word, he cast out the demons. And this same man, he was clothed in his right mind and he sat to listen to Jesus. One word from our Saviour was enough to free this man that no man can bind with chains and shackles, completely free from the bondage he was experiencing. The same Jesus is here today. Can I share this with you? The grace revolution, the preaching of the gospel of grace, the gospel is the grace of God, has resulted in many, many lives being transformed, and I'm one of them. People have been set free for more than 40 years of addiction to drugs, alcohol, pornography, sexual immorality. You know, uh, Hee-Jun will know this, right? By the way, he's Hee-Jun. I know it's a difficult name for the Aussies. He and June, the month. Hee-Jun, okay? I help you there, bro. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you see? That's what happens when I talk about you. And uh, just kidding, just kidding. I love you. And so that's the first time that's ever happened. It's for good. God will, God is good. God will turn everything around for His good. Amen. Everything. And where was I? <laughs> I can't remember. The testimony. 
We have received so many testimonies. I, I remember I brought a file. I told Hijun to prepare a file. Right? Just give me all the uh, you know, testimonies of people being free from addictions, pornography, marriages being restored, people being healed, blessed in their careers. And, and a file was prepared for me. I have over 70 testimonies from people all over the world, not just Singapore, freed from drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sexual deviation, pornography. Right, another 30 testimonies on marriages being restored. Right, another 60 plus testimonies on healing. And many, many more. And this is like a fraction. A fraction of the testimonies that Joseph Prince Ministries and New Creation Church receives. I'm not kidding you, no. If you don't believe me, today when you're free, go to josephprince.com. Right, josephprince.com. Go to the praise reports. And you read it and you have a revival. I was reading it and I said, what? Wow, wow. So I'm telling you, whatever bondage you're in today, I have seen with my own eyes encounter people in my church that have been completely set free. I do not know what you call it, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a sexual addiction. I do not know what name they give to it. I only know that there is a greater name and his name is Jesus. What the demons could not do to bind this man, one word from the Lord and he was free. Likewise, for you today, the same Lord is here. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. You do not need to be bound to anything. God wants you to free and He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You cannot save yourself. You cannot help yourself. Let Him save you. Let Him help you. Amen. That's why He's called Saviour. Saviour, His job description is to save. Let Him save you. Don't save yourself. Don't help yourself. Let Him do the saving for you. Amen. And it's a joy. You know, I, I'll share some, some of this testimony, Manisa, tonight. Right, tonight, I'll be sharing on um, the secret to a victorious Christian life. You wouldn't want to miss it. Amen. But today, we're talking about how good God is. Alright, and when we see Jesus, we see God. So the same Jesus is here today to set you free. Amen. And what else do we see Jesus doing in the Gospels? It says in Acts 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Jesus wants to do good. Your God wants to do good to you. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God wants to do good and He does good by healing. Healing you. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. It says, When evening had come, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed, and He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. He healed all who were sick. And the multitude that was gathered there, I believe it could be in the thousands, we can infer that because there were situations when Jesus fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. Do you remember that? And another instance where he fed 4,000 men, not including women and children. So that's the kind of size that Jesus is accustomed to. So when he healed all who were sick, I reason to believe he healed hundreds, if not thousands. Would you say that Jesus is our healer? Would you say that when you see Jesus who is the exact image of God, that God's will for you is to be healed today? 
Would you say that in the multitudes that he healed, many of them, they don't have their lives all together. They're not living perfect, holy lives. Yet Jesus healed them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm telling you today, do not disqualify yourself. God is better than you think. His grace is greater than your sin. Amen? He wants to and His heart is to heal you. Don't hold back from thinking, oh, it's because I've done this, I've done that, right? I'm, I'm a divorcee. God doesn't want to bless me today. I deserve this. My friend, you don't deserve that. Jesus took everything that you deserve at the cross. Today, you deserve blessings, healing, prosperity, success, a healthy mind. Amen? Come on, He paid the price. Receive it. Freely, you have received. Freely. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? God is willing to sacrifice His own one and only, only one, only one sacrifice for you. How can He not with Him freely give you all? Do you know what's the word freely? Freely, and it's all things, you know. Isn't that beautiful? When God created the Garden of Eden and placed Adam and Eve in it, He said, of all the trees in the garden, you can freely eat. That's the generosity of God. He didn't tell Adam and Eve, hey, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, we're running a bit short on cash in heaven. It's like, you know, there's one million trees, but, you know, we're running short. So it's like, can you just eat from like three trees? And please don't take too much. Eat sparingly. Eat sparingly, Adam. Right? Don't have such a huge appetite. You're not Aussie, right, Adam? Right? Just eat. Don't even finish the fruit. Eat half of it and wait till next day to finish the other half. That's not God. God says freely. As much as you want, as often as you want, eat. Just one tree. That's like a picture of the tie to God. So that He can exercise His free will to love God. Amen? But even that, Adam failed. Don't laugh. We are all from Adam. We are the same. But God's heart is to freely eat. He freely gives. So you freely eat. There to believe God for big things. Oh, Pastor, I, I don't want to be prideful. Right? I'm just happy if, if God just gives me enough for myself. There's a place for contentment. Paul talks about it. But you need to believe God that you can be blessed so that you can be a blessing, my friend. Don't be selfish. Oh, oh, I just want enough for my wife and my son. Why don't you believe God for more so that you can have enough, be contented with what you have, and the rest you can give. Amen? Freely eat. Amen? God's heart for, is for you to prosper in all things. He wants to freely give you all things. Amen? He healed all. And it says in Mark chapter 5, another beautiful portion of Scripture, worth meditating on. Mark chapter... 6, sorry, verse 54. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. 
Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Isn't that beautiful? You just need to touch him. As many as touched him were made well. Wow. But can I tell this? God is most willing, more willing to touch you than for you to touch Him. Just open your hearts. If Jesus is to appear right now in this place and He's to touch you, do you think you'll be healed? What do you think? You will be. And He is here. The Lord is here. We must ever have a conscious presence of the Lord being with us. Not just that, but being for us. Amen. We must always be conscious of the abundance of grace. Always see the supply and not the demand. Whatever it is that life has thrown at you, don't be stressed about it. See His supply. God's grace is always greater than the task at hand if it is a challenge in your, in your work. God's grace is always greater than whatever conflict there is. Even in your marriage, He can restore it. Amen? He's a good God. He wants to bless you. Amen? It says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's thoughts towards you are not evil. God doesn't want to give you sickness and disease, a car accident to teach you a lesson. That's not God, right? Can you imagine I teach my children by giving them car accidents? Hey, you know, my, my daughter Darlene, 11 years old. You know, Darlene, I've told you many times not to cross the road when there's heavy traffic. You did it again. Okay, you know what, Darlene? Right, just put your leg down there. Right, you know what daddy's going to do? Right, I'm just going to drive my car over your leg. I want to crush the bone so that you will learn. And you will never cross the road again when there's heavy traffic. If I'm such a father, please put me to, in jail, man. Put me in a mental asylum. That's what we do, don't we? And we think God is like that. He gives us accidents to teach us a lesson. Give us cancer so that we can learn. What's there to learn if you die? What's the lesson learned? What do you learn? Right? My friend, God is good. Jesus healed all who were sick. As many as touched him, they were made well. He cast out the demons. He stormed, uh, he calmed the storm in the lake of Galilee. Amen. He's a good God. He hugged the children. He didn't condemn the adulteress as thrown before him. He went to the Samaritan woman who was a divorcee five times and is living with a man that's not her husband. He reached out to Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, tonight I'll have dinner at your place. The only people that Jesus had a problem with were the Pharisees who were outwardly moral, but inwardly, Jesus rebuked them. Brood of vipers, inwardly you are filled with hypocrisies and lies and adulteries. That's who Jesus corrected. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Amen? So we, we need to know who our God is. God is a merciful and gracious God. Right? He only had a challenge to people who were full of themselves, who felt that God should bless me. Oh, I, I'm righteous. 
My friend, no one can be righteous without God. You cannot be justified by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. For we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus and only Him. Amen? Today I want you to know this. God's heart is to heal. Amen? I'm going to show you a video testimony of a youth in our church who was healed of fourth stage nerve, uh, nerve cells, can, can, nerve uh, cancer. So watch it, right? Receive it, and we'll be back to close the service. Um, hi, I'm Avita, and I'm from Level 4. On July 2012, last year, I was diagnosed with stage 4 neuroblastoma. Neuroblastoma is a cancer of a nerve cell, and stage 4 is when the cancer isn't localized in one area, but is spread throughout the whole body. Previously, I wasn't attending there. After my diagnosis, my dad decided to bring me to the prayer and healing room. We met up with Pastor Joash, and Pastor Joash prayed over me, and he said he would refer me to there. First time in there, Pastor Dan and a few other leaders prayed for me. During that prayer, I felt like a warm sensation in my body. After chemo, I had low blood count, and during the weekend, my doctor said that I couldn't go out at all. But I insisted on coming to there. I went up to church, to the level 6 balcony, and I just sat and listened, and I just wore my mask. My family partook of the Holy Communion, and I declared that I was cancer-free every day. During the surgery, I just felt very calm and rested. So after the surgery, the doctor will usually send the tumor for a biopsy, and then they said that 99.9% .9 of the cancer cells are dead. We felt very happy and it was God's grace that helped us through this and killed like all the cancer cells. Towards the end of the year, I went for a PET scan and then it showed that I was cancer free. I think it was really a miracle from God. Now I'm healthy and alive as compared to a year ago where I just felt very tired and sick all the time. Um, right now, I'm back in school and I'm attending there regularly. And at the end of the year, I'm going with the level 4s to Israel. Yeah, so now I'm cancer-free and I would like to give glory to God. A year ago, my life was in ruins, but Jesus took it and made it glorious. Praise the Lord, amen. Our same Jesus is here. Amen, nothing's impossible with Him. What is impossible with man is always possible with God. And what he did for Ibita, he's able to do for you. Ibita is still alive and well. Went to Israel, went for mission trips, right? He's still now studying in some school in Singapore, right? But this is a, just a glimpse of the many people who've been healed, who've been touched. And many of you have been healed and touched yourselves. Amen. God is a good God. But pastor, you don't understand. How can, how can God love me? You see... You don't want to receive God's love because your thinking is that you're not good enough. Most of us, when we think about God, we, what is blocking us is that we think that because of our sin, because I'm not good enough, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, I should have done this, right? Something is holding us back and it's this consciousness of what we have done or where we have failed. Can we invite the key bodies to come forward? And we think in our minds that God doesn't want to love me. But the Bible says, God demonstrated His own love toward us, Romans 5, 8 and 9, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? 
Christ died for you when you were a sinner. God demonstrated His love in that when there was nothing good in you, nothing good about you, you were completely a sinner, He died for you. He demonstrated His love. Now that you are a child of God and you make mistakes here and there, do you think He will stop loving? He loved you when you were a sinner. How can He stop loving you now? Are you saying that He loves sinners but now as Christians, He doesn't love Christians when they fail? He loved you when you were completely a failure and a sinner in every sense of the word. How can He stop loving you now? You need to know and receive God's love in your heart. We are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. It's not our love for God, it's God's love for me that will transform me. It is His love for me that will stop sin in its track and cause you to live a holy life, a moral life, a life of integrity. That I become a faithful husband, a responsible father, a responsible employee. It's because of His love that constrains me that I choose not to sin. Choose not to watch pornography. Choose not to take drugs. Choose not to hang out with the people I know are not good for me. It's this love for me that constrains me that I choose as a youth. I decide not to hang out with certain people and hang out with the right people. Grace is the real answer to sin. Grace is the only option that you can take to live a holy life. There's no other way, my friend. Let me tell this and we'll preach more about it. Grace is the answer because grace is a person. Grace is not a doctrine that you learn once, hear once, then you move on to other things. No, my friend. Grace is the beginning the entire journey and the very end of your Christian life. The Old Testament in the book of Malachi, it ends with a curse. The New Testament in the book of Revelation, Revelation 22, it ends with the grace of God. God's emphasis is on grace today. Grace is our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, the grace of God has appeared teaching all men to deny ungodliness in Titus 2. Grace is a person. It is our Lord. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. If you are still saying, oh, but, but pastor, I've sinned. My friend, your sins are forgiven. There's no sin that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot forgive. There's no sinner that God doesn't love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, every sinner included. Today you can receive. Oh, but, 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 there's no buts, my friend. Is it that sin again? Why don't you believe that God has forgiven you? Let that burden fall from your shoulder, my friend. You know, one of my pastors prayed for another pastor in Singapore. When he prayed for him to be healed in the hospital bed, that pastor who was sick told my pastor, don't pray for me. God doesn't want to heal me. And he said, because when I was on a mission trip, I committed adultery. God will not hear your prayer. God will not heal me. And he passed on. How sad is that? He thinks that God cannot forgive him. But the word says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. The Bible says, my little children, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who himself is a propitiation for our sins and not just for ours only, but for the entire world. That's forgiveness, my friend. But, you think wrong of God. Your idea of God is wrong. He's more merciful than you think. 
more loving than you think, more gracious than you think. He wants to bless you more than you think. He's not behind your troubles. He wants to bless you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to help you. He wants you to succeed in this life. Amen? But it begins with you receiving His love. When you receive His love, every good thing will follow. Amen? We, we are not in a dead religion of do's and don'ts, of trying to follow laws and guidelines to be good. Can I just tell you this? You cannot be good. You cannot. You cannot. Don't even try. But when you receive grace, you become. Without trying. And you'll be shocked at what? Look at me. What have I, have I become? I don't even recognize myself. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Nothing to do with yourself. You know, we have testimonies of people, you know, being set free from evil bondages. And they all say this, I don't even know. It's like, they can't even pinpoint. It's like, it just, you see, you can be outwardly moral, but inwardly, you still want to sin. But when God's grace touches you, it's not just outward, you know. Inward, I don't want to do this anymore. Right? You walk away. It is the power that is greater than anything you can ever imagine. And it's not you. Nothing to do with your willpower. Everything to do with Him. Amen. Receive His love and His grace. But today I want to talk about healing. You know, we saw Evita. You know, if you notice, Evita said this. He said, right? She said, um, I took the Holy Communion every day. You know, sometimes when we watch video testimonies, we must find out what led her to receive her healing. It's not something you do to earn, you understand? It is the revelation that she had. And if you watch carefully just now, she said, I took Holy Communion every day and I declared that I am cancer-free every day. He, she said that. I've I, I watched that many times, so I know. She said it. Can I tell something about Matthew chapter 7, 7? Jesus said this, Ask and you shall receive. Heard that before? Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. With no qualifications, right? Ask and you shall receive. God is so good. I remember I was reading that verse and I said, God, how can you say that? You're talking about human beings. They'll ask for nonsense. <laughs> They'll ask for rubbish. They'll ask for evil things. But God say, right? When I say us, and I told the people, the multitudes said, I want them to know how good I am. That's why I didn't qualify. Us, and you shall receive. And in the Greek, if you check the Greek tense of ask, the verb, it is not us in the passive tense, you know, passive voice. It means to keep on asking. It's in the active voice. You need to keep on asking. Now, the Bible, the New Testament, is the original is Greek, not English, okay? We must always go back to the original. But anyway, we, we need to keep on asking. And we not ask as in begging from God. You don't beg, you know. To beg means God doesn't want to give. That's why I have to beg. I need to persuade Him. God doesn't need to be persuaded, my friend. When you ask, you ask knowing that He has given. Not asking, thinking that He will not give. Ask knowing that, Lord, I just thank You for my healing. I ask in Jesus' name that I'll be healed. And you ask in the active tense, knowing that, you know, when you don't see it manifest, Lord, I just thank You. Like Evita, I thank You I'm cancer-free. Declare what you want to see. The results that you want to see, that is faith. That's the word of faith. Right? You need to see before 
you need to believe before you can see. Even when you don't see, you believe you will see. Sorry, that's Singaporean. Don't even understand that. <laughs> you will see it. Keep on asking in the active voice. Us and us. That's what God wants you to do. If my children are sick, I have three beautiful kids. If my children are sick, I feel horrible. I wish I can take their pain. When they are not well and they are crying, I cry too. All the parents here, you know that. You wish you can take their place. And if we are evil, if you being evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of Him? Jesus said, you are evil and you bless your children. Do you think God is any less? Do you think God is any less? Is God a God who doesn't heal, withhold healing to teach you a lesson? How can that be God? Our God is not like that. He's a good God. Better than you think. More gracious than you think. Freely give. Freely eat. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. But maybe some of you have stopped asking. You have stopped seeking because you are disappointed. You know what? Put the past behind you. Today, ask. Ask Him and He'll do great and mighty things for you. Our God is a good God. Amen? And He will do it. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. The Lord is here, amen. And I just want you to know this, my friend. I just want to pray specifically for you today. If there is a physical symptom in your body and you know that you need healing from the Lord, if you're here today, right, I want to pray for you. It is not me, it's the Lord Jesus who heals. Amen. If you want the Lord to touch your physical body today, just lift up your hand. Or if you are embarrassed, you can lift up your hand in your heart and I will pray for you. Right, whoever you are, Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see these hands. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Lord that He loved me. You are the Lord, my healer. You send your word and healed my you are the Lord, my healer. You are the Lord that He loved me. You are the Lord, my Precious to Him. He wants you to be healed today. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now, you are healed. Healed. 
heal. Heal. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if you're here today, I believe it is not a coincidence that you are here. The Lord has directed your steps to be here in Rema Family Church. And I know today you have heard His love and His heart towards you. And you do not know that He can love you so much because you cry in your heart. I've done so many wrong things in my life. My life is in a complete mess. How can God love me? My friend, He does. My friend, He loves you. He cares for you. And today, if you are here, I want you to know this, you can receive His love in your heart. All of us have done this before. We receive His love and it has transformed us. It has changed us. Today, you need to receive His love because it makes a difference for your eternity. I want to urge you to receive Him. All you need to do is to say this prayer together with me. When you say this prayer from your heart, you receive Jesus Christ, your Saviour into your life. And He will save you to the uttermost. He will bless you and your life will never be the same again. Right now in this place, if you would like to receive Jesus, all you need to do is to say this prayer together with me. Shall I say this prayer together? Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins. Lord, today I receive you. Thank you for loving me. You died and you rose again from the dead and all my sins are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. You are my Lord and my Savior. All this I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.